you can imagine the video advertising that we are able to do where we can celebrate human beings in a way that we can put those all throughout the internet, but as well as we can put those onto TV screens. We can put those onto gigantic screens in the middle of a stadium that people, when they look at that, they resonate with it. They see themselves in it. And, and to me, that's how you build your brand. But when people engage and see your brand, they see themselves in your brand. And we were never going to get to this place if we didn't do the hard work up front to really set that foundation for where we are today. If you're looking to up your startup marketing game, you're in the right place. This podcast will help you simplify, prioritize, and see big wins from your marketing efforts. Every week, you'll hear from some of the world's best venture-backed startup founders, marketing leaders, and startup experts about marketing, brand, growth, what's working well, challenges, and how crazy and fun marketing can be when you're at a high-growth startup. See ya inside. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the show. I have somebody that I've had on before back with me here. So Rob Singer is the CMO at Remitly. We're going to talk about marketing planning because that is a series that I've started here and it's getting a lot of traction. People are really excited and interested and just want to like really dig into how other folks are handling their marketing planning going into 2022 because it's been kind of a little bit crazy, right? The past couple of years. So Rob Singer, if you guys remember, he prior, he was CMO at Ancestry.com and he and at Smule and at Habit. So a lot of CMO experience under your belt, Rob. And I had you on a while back. It was actually episode 17. We talked about a lot of different things, but especially how you lead marketing at a 900 plus people series F startup, which was back then. So welcome back. Thank you. It is fantastic to be back. And I really appreciate the invite to join you again. I love the enthusiasm. Yes. Okay. So Remitly, very exciting news. We're catching up on that. So Remitly was founded in 2011. It's now 1,264 people, very big, based out of Seattle. And you IPO'd in September of 2021. So congratulations. Thank you. Thank you. It was, uh, you know, so first of all, I, I really, I just loved the conversation we had last time. So thank you so much for inviting me back. And it was interesting where I saw like the, even just the invite coming on around the marketing, the startup marketing podcast. And I'm like, we're kind of public now. Like it's, we've done a, I think at Remitly, we've done a great job of sort of maintaining that culture and identity and feeling of being a startup. But it is really fascinating to have that while having the backdrop of being a, a public company at this point. So, Oh my gosh, yes. Just a quick reminder, Remitly helps people send money across borders. By the way, I've talked to, today is like my podcasting recording day, and I've talked to two other money-related companies. So something weird is in the air. I don't know what it is, <laughs> but yeah, that's what's happening today. So sending money across borders because there are millions of immigrants around the world and they leave their families, right? They leave their families behind. They go live and work in another country and they need to transfer money. So Remitly is making international money transfers easy for them. Okay, so let's dive in. 
because that's what we like to do on these on these episodes. And we're talking about marketing planning. And now that you've IPO, like I'm so curious, what does your marketing plan look like today? How are you thinking about your budget? Like rough percentages. And I'm sure you, maybe you've got this like orchestration where you're taking the la- prior year where you weren't public during this time, right? But you're also seeing like what worked last year and thinking through how you're going to now set up your budget. What are you thinking about? How are you organizing your plan? I think the good news for us is that being public, not being public hasn't really played into this. That our, our the view and really the strategy of the company has been what's gotten us here is also going to enable us to, to get there. And so our approach really has not changed based on being a private versus a publicly traded company, which has been great for continuity. It's been great for planning and what it has signaled to us is that it's an evolution, not a revolution. And it has enabled us to really just to continue to go down the journey that we've set and continue to push it forward. Because we, so I've been at Remitly for a little bit over three years now. And it was really at the time we said, okay, we're going to go take this long journey together. And there are going to be milestones along this path. And we're really moving into now what is year four of what has been a pretty consistent journey onto that. And so where we are today is actually at a really interesting place. I'm, I'm excited to talk to you about it because I do think for Remitly Marketing, we are moving into some some new territory this year as it relates to our plans. And we're really excited about it. And so I think one thing to underpin on this, which I think is really important, is when we think about how we want to invest and where we want to spend, it's not quite, I love this part, but it's very fluid for us. So we don't really even think of ourselves as having truly a marketing budget, especially as it relates to media. That we are, as a consumer business, my team is responsible for driving new customer acquisition and revenue growth. And so for us, we have spent a lot of time really understanding how to measure our marketing spend in a way that enables us to spend to a certain payback. And so we will acquire as many customers as we can through any given channel if the unit economics fit within the context of what we're trying to do. And so when we set out the year, we don't even really have targets for where and how we want to spend. We really have targets for overall, how big do we want to grow the business? And roughly based on what our cap targeted customer acquisition costs do we think we're going to spend? But where we end up spending that money becomes relatively fluid throughout the year because we will see channels that start to perform extremely well for us that we will continue to invest in. We will see ones that start to reach that sort of efficient frontier where we're not able to grow them as fast and we might even trim back spend or just remain to keep it there. So the way I like to look at it is where are we investing in areas that either have longer term payback to them? They don't necessarily fit within the paid search being a great example of that. Like we know when we bid on a term exactly how much value we're getting from that term. When you start doing things like sponsoring LAFC. So we are now the official remittance sponsor for the Los Angeles Football Club, which is one of the big MLS teams. That isn't something that fits within the same sort of evaluation framework. So what we've done is we've taken a step back and said, okay, we're a big company now. We are running acquisition at scale. We are running customer relationship marketing at scale. 
what are the ways that we can do to continue to be a high growth company, even though we are currently at scale? And so two of those areas that have been relatively, in my opinion, underinvested in at the remotely side that we are now starting to really put a lot of focus on are ways that we, we call it opening the aperture. So how do we increase our reach? How do we get to more people? And potentially, how do we get to more people earlier in their decision process, as opposed to just looking to see unit economics leverage for a lower funnel marketing channel? So we are pretty focused this year on building out our infrastructure around SEO and ASO, so search engine optimization and app store optimization, and then really driving to conversion gains. So as people come to our landing pages, as they begin to engage with us, how do we make that experience more seamless with the product so that we increase the percentage of those that actually become remitly customers? So we, we call that bucket our organic growth bucket. So in the one area I didn't even put in there was referrals, which is an area that we really did start to invest in more last year, but we're continuing to invest in this year. So that fits in into organic growth in ways that we can expand through lower cost channels to help mitigate rising media costs that I think almost all the listeners of this podcast are probably all kind of nodding their heads right now. Like, yep, we are all seeing that. Uh, Every CMO I talk to right now is lamenting like, oh my gosh, media costs are flying. So there's that side of it. And then the, the other side of it is true upper funnel marketing. So how do we increase the awareness and the consideration or increase the awareness, familiarity, and consideration of the Remitly brand? So as people are starting to move into a decision cycle, how do we get our brand out there on a much broader basis so that we are not just capturing demand in the market, but we are actually creating demand or creating awareness of our brand ahead of that demand getting created? So I'd mentioned the LAFC. That was one of our first big forays into brand building. We are going to be having a much heavier emphasis on Areas like that, which are sort of our brand marketing and our sponsorships all the way through to continuing to invest in areas like streaming audio, terrestrial audio, working with, with DJs that work within the, that have programs within our community. But then also, how do we break into broader level TV advertising? Uh, we do a fair amount of connected TV now, but how do we also continue to drive into broader reach sort of TV channels to drive our brand out? Remember the le- first episode when we were talking about the how initially Remitly was marketing with flags? I'll never forget that. How much has Remitly grown? I am just like, wow, blown away. But also it makes sense that you're like, it's cool. You're getting into this organic. I'm hearing organic. I'm hearing brand. You just IPO'd, right? So this stuff matters, right? Because this is how you create demand. It's not easy. You're getting into the not easy stuff. We're getting into the not easy stuff. So that is why well, you're taking me down memory lane with the flag comments. Good news is that's, that's down memory lane at this point. So here's the thing. And that is, a, I'm so glad you asked that question. Because in some ways, a lot of that we referred to really the, the first stage of that roadmap that I was talking about is what we called foundations building. And we really took a, a, a hard look at what are the foundations that we would need to have in place to be truly be a marketing team at scale. And so if you go back to our creative strategy when I started of two flags and exchange rate, 
that isn't going to translate well to brand building. It's almost impossible to build a brand around that. And certainly the ability to be really effective through visual, through audio, like I wouldn't even know how to to begin communicating a message like that in a way that was memorable and effective. And so we spent a lot of time evolving the brand and being extraordinarily clear about our brand positioning, our brand messaging, our reasons to believe, and then the creative strategy that brings all of that to life. And so we have an extremely human-centric brand right now. We have beautiful imagery and we celebrate our customers. The goal is that like, we celebrate our customers as customers, not just the flags that are associated with, with where they, they happen to have lived and, and now live. And what that has enabled us to do is to take this big step forward, both in organic. So we can now create, we now have a very clear and cogent content strategy that leverages this new brand positioning, as well as all of the incredible tools that we have built on the performance marketing side to get that content into the space and to get people to see that content and to measure how many people are engaging with that content. But that content is content that is relatable. It is about the journey. It is highly personal to our customers in a way that we weren't able to do even two years ago. And then when you look at the upper funnel side of it, you can imagine the video advertising that we are able to do where we can celebrate human beings in a way that we can put those all throughout the internet, but as well as we can put those onto TV screens. We can put those onto gigantic screens in the middle of a stadium that people, when they look at that, they resonate with it. They see themselves in it. And, and to me, that's how you build your brand. But when people engage and see your brand, they see themselves in your brand. And we were never going to get to this place if we didn't do the hard work up front to really set that foundation for where we are today. So cool. Like the content about the journey. What is that journey? Like I'm trying to visualize what these some of these images look like or some of the, the video content looks like. Can you speak to that a little bit more? Sure. So I'll give you a couple of easy examples and then we can even we can go pretty deep onto this topic. So if you think about culture and the culture of how people think about themselves, they relate to home, they relate to their family, they relate to their friends, they relate to themselves. Like I can give two real easy examples music and food. Like if you think about even when you travel, like the experience of engaging with music and food and how that just those two things can can bring you somewhere, whether it's back home, it can take you home again. Like I know that I did not grow up in California. I live in California and there are certain foods that I eat that bring me right back to Texas or right back to North Carolina. And but if you think about that on, on a much, much, much broader scale, foods that remind you of back home in Mexico or in India or in the Dominican Republic, like it is distinct and the music and the sounds are all distinct. And so those are our areas of our message and our content that we can bring to life. Like if we want to, if when we are marketing and we are delivering content to our Dominican community, you can smell the advertising. You can almost smell the food coming out through 
the imagery and the video and you can hear the music well you can actually hear the music because a lot of we have sound on these the sound that we're still trying to figure out how to get smell to come through smell is hard yeah that one's a hard one but um if anyone listening to this has a technology startup solution to that please let me know we would love to beta test anything that you have out there but hopefully that gives you an idea of and so we had a, a video series called you left and it had music and the sights and the sounds and the smells of all of the different corridors that that our customer base has come from. And the idea was your heart is still there and we're going to bring you still there. And and all of that, I get emotional just thinking about it. But that is the sort of content that we put out. And then there's the other side of it, which is, for lack of a better term, I would call more practical content, which is there is the connection that we are trying to make with people and the connection that we want people to feel and they want to feel the authenticity of our brand. But then there is also just the practical reality that immigrating is very, very hard. And we want people to know that one, we have resources to help that not just about sending money home, but there are so many questions that are the ans- getting the answers to can be very elusive or very difficult that we want to make sure that we can become a resource and a provider to help people out as they make that journey. The other thing is we don't want people to feel alone. Like That is the sort of journey that millions and millions of people make every year. But for each individual person, it can be a hard and lonely experience. And I think we can all relate to things where when things are difficult in our life, to be able to connect and to understand that we're not alone on this journey can sometimes make it easier for us to to resolutely get through there. So those are all the different facets of content that we've been focused on putting together and that we can really use in a number of ways that get us to those that are going to appreciate it the most. Love it. You're going to make me cry, Rob. So just stop it, okay? <laughs> Let's go back to marketing channels because I want to make sure that I understand and understood like what you're leaning into most heavily into this year. So we talked about you're leading more into organic, right? More into brand, SEO. You talked about ASO, right? App store optimization. We talked about also TV ads and also this cool audio DJs thing, which I'm not sure I quite understand, but I have like sort of an idea. So can you talk to more, speak to more about like what channels are you planning to lean more heavily into? And I'm thinking you're planning to do that whole like leaning into those channels that are more awareness building, brand awareness building. So to drive your organic growth. Sure. And yeah, I definitely garbled my audio message there, which is ironic. And the irony of that is not lost on me here. Um, So let me just, I'll clarify that one really fast. So we have had a lot of success reaching people through like Spotify and through Pandora. So streaming audio is really powerful for us because it gives us really good targeting and we can get our message through on the ad-supported, so the folks that are doing the ad-supported side of those types of channels for us. So when I say streaming audio, we're typically talking about Pandora and Spotify. Those have been very good for us on that. We have also found that going to more, and this is where it gets interesting because terrestrial radio is also streaming in many ways now these days, but there are radio stations that also are many times local radio stations that target very much into our audience. So 
Spanish radio, so Spanish language radio that has music and also that is very much catering to Spanish speaking audiences is very good for us in terms of a targeting standpoint. And so what we will do is partner with the DJs that are doing live shows to actually do reads. Instead of just putting an ad on there, they will talk about remitly to their listeners. And we have found that that is a really good way for us to get our, our name out there. So to the broader question onto that, these are a lot of the areas that we want to lean into a lot more heavily. So I would say that we have leaned into those more from an experimental standpoint through last year, but now we are starting to really understand the formula that enables us to build both our brand as well as drive people to remitly. Those stations that we have already been able to test into pretty well, we're going to continue to expand and invest a lot more into them. This year really pushed the, the limits and the boundaries of them. And now that we've been able to do that, sort of more, more in your, your trackable mid-funnel uh, mid activities like streaming audio, now we feel very confident that we can move into areas like TV and sports sponsorships, branded content, influencers, areas like that, where measurement can be a little bit more elusive and it can be a little squishier because you're talking about things that are going to move brand, that are going to move awareness, that are going to move even consideration and purchase, but over a very different window than real time or over the next two to three minutes. And I feel like we've done a very good job of instrumenting ourselves to understand the impact of those dollars in a way that we can now treat them very similar to how we treat bottom of the, the funnel marketing dollars, where we know something is working, we can continue to spend until we see that we've reached a level of saturation for it. And we just weren't positioned to do that from a measurement standpoint. Now that we understand that that part and where awareness and consideration fits into things, now that we have the content and the brand and the foundation, 22 is really the year that we're going to be able to put all that together for a really interesting plan and to really lean into that more. Well, no wonder you IPO'd. I mean, these are juicy nuggets and I appreciate you coming here to share this. You've figured out a lot of stuff already. So thank you for being so open with your information and you almost made me cry. So thank you for that. And I wanted to ask you, what would you say are some goals for this year for you personally, professionally? Let's start professionally because those are generally easier for me to talk to um, context here. So a lot of the goals are rooted in what we just talked about. How big can big get? And how impactful can we make these efforts over a short period of time? A year, I view as a relatively short period of time. And so we have some very aggressive goals around what our organic growth rates can look like this year as we invest into those channels. And then we have some very, very aggressive brand goals around what we can do sort of top of funnel and as we build those out. And so we've got those in place. The other one is uh, we've made because of the complexity of everything that we've talked about both here and then in the last, last meeting, like this is a complex group. Like we're in over 15 marketing channels and we're currently marketing in over 14 different languages that we've taken a really interesting pivot into doing more agile marketing and really moving the department into an agile marketing methodology so that we can grow, we can scale, and we can continue to innovate fast. We can get speed to market, including into these upper funnel areas and get quick learnings and 
We always say it's like, think it, test it, build it. And we really want to get good at that across the entire funnel. And so one, I have a personal goal around getting really, really good at finding ways to have that sort of environment at a company the size and scale we are. Like that is an interesting challenge and I'm going to learn a lot from that. But more importantly, like we have some extremely aggressive goals. We are a big company that wants to be still a growth company. And I say it's a unique company that is at scale and is in hyper growth mode. And so how we end next year is going to be an incredible journey for Remitly, for the marketing team at Remitly, for I know for me personally, and then hopefully for our customers. It's going to be a next year. Hopefully I'll be here for the third time and we'll be talking about all the really interesting things that we were able to learn and, and accomplish. So. I can't wait, Rob. I'm so excited for you. I want to be mindful of your time. So if anybody wants to reach out to Rob, you can find him on LinkedIn. I will include the link. And to find out more about Remitly, you can visit remitly.com. Rob, again, wonderful to have you on. And I will see you next time. Sounds wonderful. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thanks for listening to this episode of Modern Startup Marketing. New episodes are dropping weekly, so make sure you're following wherever you get your podcasts. You can find me on LinkedIn, search for Anna Firminov, or go to my website, firminovmarketing.com. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.